there, folks. Welcome back to episode 108 of the Mel Wright Real Estate Show. I'm on my own, folks. My co-host, Thomas Nelson, is away this week, but I think I can cope, can't I? And we've got a fantastic guest here this week. We've got Ricky Carruth of Orange Beach Real Estate, Florida. He's our author as well, folks. He's the author of Zero to Diamond, How to Become a Million Dollar Real Estate Agent. He's also in the midst of publishing another book, which he's going to tell us about later on in this discussion. Thanks for coming on the show, Ricky. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Hey, Jonathan, for sure, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, yes, sir. I'm down here in Orange Beach, Alabama. It's, uh, I'm a Remax of Orange Beach. It's actually, we're in South Alabama, right on the Alabama-Florida Gulf Coast. Um, right on the state line, and uh, people don't know we have some of the most beautiful beaches in the world here. It's white powder sands. So I have, I'm guessing here, I think I want to say I maybe have maybe 30,000 or so condos down here um, in my market that I can sell. Uh, So I've sold over 100 of them a year for the last three years. I'm a single agent with just one assistant. And I've been at this since 2002. I was born down here. So that's kind of a background. Well, you sold it to me, Ricky. I'm, I'm, I'm on the next flight down, actually. Uh, the, the Golden Sands sounds um, quite appealing, actually. So, Ricky, let's, let's get into it. Let's get... Let's talk about your first book. Um, great title. Um Basically, why did you write it? And basically, can you give us a synopsis of what the book is about? Sure. Uh, whenever I, uh, you know, I've been at this for so long, and I went through the market crashing. Um, I had to get out of the business for a little while, and I got back in the business. I figured out what I did wrong, and uh, you know, I've been on this uphill battle trying to be the number one agent, you know, in the world and stuff. So. Uh, kind of when the book came into play was after I actually figured out that this business is all about relationships and you know I woke up one day and I noticed all the garbage out there there's so much garbage training and so many companies trying to pull you so many different directions in real estate that um, I just felt kind of an obligation also it's really intriguing to me the failure rate in the industry you know, uh, 80% of agents don't make it and all that stuff. So that's very interesting to me. And I feel like there's a lot of garbage out there. And I felt like it was kind of my obligation to step up and kind of give people, you know, the way that I built my business, which is based on relationships and, and to try to weed through, help people weed through the garbage and actually see that this business success in this business doesn't happen overnight. Um, It happens after years and years of of hard work. You know, I like to say that that starting a real estate business or any business is kind of like eating glass. Um, It's hard. It's really hard, but it's worth it. Um, So last year in Biloxi, I did a speech um, at the Island View Casino for maybe two or three hundred REMAX agents. It was my first speech I did, and I'd already started writing the book. And, you know, I was just kind of playing around with it. And when I did that speech, 
I had so much um, response from it, so much positive response. Everybody loved what I had to say on my ideas. And that was the moment that I said, you know, I need to actually, I need to finish this book because people need to hear, you know, people need to hear something different. You know, I don't do internet leads or for sale by owners or expireds. Um, I don't do any of that stuff. And I just feel like, that the industry as a whole needs an alternative other than all the coaching that involves internet leads for sale by owners and expires. So that's kind of why I wrote the book and uh, why I've started coaching and just kind of my whole reason and, and my whole big why, like the, the reason that I'm doing all this is because I want to do my part to help reduce the failure rate in the real estate industry. Oh, that's a great outline, Ricky. Um, you know, I know my co-host is a, a great supporter of the Puffini way, which um, kind of embodies a lot of what you've just said. But I think personally, it's combining technology with relationships is the key. So uh -huh. do you have, so do you, uh, my observation is of interviewing a lot of agents on this show and speaking to a lot of agents yeah. is that those that succeed, Ricky, have, um, strong relationships in their community, but also have a religious obsession about their database and about keeping in contact contact with that database. Would you say you're similar? Oh, absolutely. I uh, I contact my entire database every week via email. Um, forever. Um, for ten years, I've been doing this every Wednesday. I do an email, weekly email. And that's the pillar of what, that's the glue that holds my entire career together. I mean, I can meet somebody, um, you know, I can meet somebody, they're not that interested. Um, you know, I get their email address and then they start getting this email from me forever. Five years later, they want to do something and they come back to me and they say, I've been getting this email for five years. I'm ready to buy or sell. And uh, it's powerful. So I'm very entrenched with, um, relationships and going very deep. I do a lot of lunches. I do a lot of dinners. Um, I give away a lot of dinner cards. I go to every single closing. Um, I handle all of my customer relations stuff. You know, like I said, I'm a single agent. So I actually handle all of my customers. They don't deal with anyone else. Um, I have an assistant. She deals with them a little bit on certain situations, but as far as any big decisions or how we're going to do this or that, or what should we do? It's all me. So I'm very, a big fan of, um, relationships as far as, you know, being that guy, you know, I don't want to put my clients, uh, I don't want to push them off to somebody else that waters down my business that waters down my career. You know, it's based on your success is based on your relationships, how, how deep they are and how many you have. So I'm just a big fan of, of the relationship part. I go very deep with my database. Um, but at the same time, I'm very obsessed with growing my database. Exactly. Um, so how, what do you think your production this year will be? Uh, I am right now I'm at, I'm like at 88 or so transactions. I'm over 30 million. Um, so I really think I'll go for maybe 50 million. I'm trying for that and maybe 120, 130 transactions, some, somewhere around there. Now, 
that's a lot of transactions with the team structure that you've outlined. You must have a very strong structure when it comes to process to be able to cope with that level of production. Can you give some insights of what your processes are? Sure. I mean, to, to be honest with you, the, the first part of it is I have strong DNA. I, uh, I can handle a whole lot at one time. I think a lot of people's success is, is predicated on how much they can handle at once. A lot of people get a couple things under contract or five or 10 listings and that blow that they, all their time is taken up by those few deals. And I think that if you can uh, come to a point in your mind where you don't worry so much about every little thing, let the process take care of that the, the itself and concentrate more on getting new business. Sure. Take care of your current deals, but don't spend all your time on current deals. You know, that's where you, that's where you start leveling out or even, uh, your business starts to dwindle. You have to um, spend half your time on current deals and half your time trying to get new business or your business will not grow anymore. But to be honest with you, I have a really, really good assistant. Um, she is a beast. She, uh, she handles a lot of the administrative and dealing with the agents wanting to show my listings and just, you know, postcards and stuff of that nature. Um, she really opens me up to be able to deal with my clients mainly. And um, so, it, it, you know, it, it, there's so many, when you get a listing, you know, it goes in MLS, it goes everywhere. Um, you know, the buyers are there, they can see it. Um, every time I get a listing, I do a postcard. Um, I make cold calls around that listing. I circle prospect around the listing. That's kind of my process. Um, so, you know, I love to be overwhelmed with business. That's my thing. Like I want to, I want to have so much going on that I can't really handle it. That's where I like to be because that means that I'm living up to at least close to my full potential. I think everyone should, should go out and make a thousand calls in a week and, and, and overwhelm themselves with business to kind of see where their breaking point is. Um, so I just, I like to be overwhelmed with stuff to do and I'm really good at knocking stuff out. So it's uh there's not really per se a quote unquote process. It's just hard work and, and making it happen and trying to stay at least organized, you know, every day at the end of the day and beginning of the day, I take 15 minutes and research my business and make notes about what's most important going on short term and long term. So I think with that, I can make my notes and make a list of everything that's most important. And then from there, I just start, um, dominating everything that I've wrote down. Well, I think, I think what you've outlined is a process, really. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you what I feel the key things that you just said, Ricky, is that basically, you know, you like to push yourself to the limit, but the reality is also you've got a great assistant. And I sense in your process in writing your lists at the end of the day and that, is that you make a judgment call about the um, the processes that are going on that can be done by your assistant. And when you need to intervene at a crucial moment to provide that personal service, which you're passionate about, but the majority of your time, unless you're having to respond um, to provide that personal service, most of your time is in the process of getting new business. Would I be correct in surmising what you've just said? 
Yes, yes. Most everything I do is focused around how can I get more business, how can I find more clients, how can I create more relationships. Um, so, yeah, um, and, I, and I think a lot of our agents, and I do agree with you. I think a lot of our agents, when they get to, and it's based on experience, isn't it? I think to a certain degree, is when they when they get that period where they've got a lot of transactions in in process they tend to go off they their view tends to go off ball a bit off from getting more work and they tend to fixate and worry about these the cells about the actual process that's going on to get the to get the final result um which a good assistant or good processes can deal to a high degree can't it yeah absolutely i mean there, there's at the same time there's only so much the assistant can do um, a lot of it is on your shoulders and you have to you have to after a while you have to realize that worrying about a lot of stuff that doesn't matter just holds you back it just it, it's it's really almost I fear to say maybe even the number one killer of real estate success is people worrying so much about certain things and they, they start putting all their time into that thing and then it takes time away from building their business. So um, you have to get in a state of mind where you don't worry so much about certain things. You have to be a very quick learner about what to ask. There are things to worry about, um, but you have to figure out what the things are that you need to worry about and the things that you don't need to worry about. You know, So high producers are really good at learning that um, at an early stage in their career. And then they start, then once they, then they start building on that. You know, so you have to be laid back about a lot of stuff that most people just can't be laid back about. I think that's an excellent point, actually. So when we look back at Ricky before the crash and the Ricky now, um, what are some of the key things that you learned from going through the crash and that you have changed to get into your your present situation, Ricky? Well, um, long story short, um, I got in the business when the boom market was happening. And so, oh, so what, when was that Ricky? I got in in 2002 and the boom started happening about 2003. Um, and our market between 2003 and 2005 was the boom, you know, where every, all the prices doubled in about two years. So, in, during that market, that was the only market I ever knew at that point. I was born into that market, so I didn't know any difference. So I thought, this is how real estate's done. You know, you call 10 people, see who wants to make $100,000 a day, and list the property, sell it in 24 hours, and close in 30 days. I thought that was how the business was done. So those people that I represented that made 100000 we went our separate ways. There was no relationships. Um, it was just a hit-and-run situation. So, you know, I made a lot of money, but I didn't create and maintain relationships. So when the market crashed, I crashed. I lost everything, every single dollar. Um, I went back to roofing houses and working on an oil rig. Um, and during that time, between 2006 and 2008, that was the years of the most personal growth for me. I, I read about 100 or more self-help slash real estate books. And I studied the market. I studied what I did wrong. I watched people that other agents that had to get out of the business. 
And I also watched the agents that were in my market that, that survived the market and sold properties through the entire crash. I studied every little thing about what was going on. I studied the prices, et cetera. And what I, what I finally realized was is that the properties didn't go anywhere. You know, they were still sitting there. People, when a crash happens, people need to do one of three things. They either need to sell because they're in trouble, okay? They want to buy because deals are so good, or they're just going to hold and just ride it out and see what they can do. Um, and so if you have the relationships in place with people, then when a market crashes, you can simply call these people up and say, okay, what do you want to do, buy, sell, or hold? Because the crash will will create opportunities because it will make people either have to or want to do something for the most part. So the bottom line was I realized that lifelong relationships with, with property owners, not just internet leads or random people, um, property owners that own the type of property that you want to sell, okay, that, that's where the real money is, is creating lifelong relationships with these people because property owners, the highest quality prospect in any market, if they buy, they're the highest quality buyer because they know what they want and they're educated about property ownership. You don't have to educate them and they know how to get it. And if they sell, they're a listing. Listings are the greatest time multiplier in the history of real estate. So, you know, property owners are a two-way street that's the most profitable, not only short-term, but long-term. And if you can pile up enough relationships with these kind of people, you're going to dominate. So that's what, I, that's what I realized through the crash. And then in 2008, I got back in the market and I started implementing what I learned. And, you know, even though I figured it all out, in 2008, you know, that was about the time when I, I turned around and got back in real estate and started crushing it. It still took me six years to 2014, working 14 hours a day, calling 100 people a day to get to number one. Um, you know, 2014, I was the number one REMAX agent in Alabama. And since then, I've been the number one REMAX agent in my county. And, um, you know, it still took me six years after I figured it out of working, you know, all day and night to get there. So hard work and understanding is huge and you have to have the right mindset. So you're talking about calls. What are these calls about? Are they, are these people that you, through your process that you've identified might be buyers or sellers and you're just doing an outreach call or is it people that you've met through community outreach and you're just making a courtesy call what are these calls about Ricky it, it's what I just said it's property owners who right. own the type of property that you want to sell all oh, right so, so yeah you pick out what type of property you want to sell and then you find the owners through county records and then you look up their phone number online and yeah. then you call them up and start a relationship with them forever um you know it's uh uh, for me, I mean, this new term called circle prospecting has hit the market about a year or two ago. And so I've been using that as kind of like naming what I do, but, um, but can, no, can you, give, can you give some insight about that term that you just used and the philosophy behind it? Circle prospecting is targeting a group of owners, um, with a certain reason. Um, you know, they call it circle prospecting because you're, it's like you're calling around a listing or a sale. And really, basically, that's what you do. You, uh, you pick out a, a listing or a sale. It doesn't have to be yours. It can be by owner. It can be another agent. 
you just call them up and say, hey, how are you doing? How's the weather? Um, this property just sold. Is there anything I can do for you? Um, that's basically how you do it. And then they never want, need anything right then. So you take that no and you ask them if they have an agent. No, okay, I'd love to stay in touch with you. What's your email address? And boom, you have a, you have a you know, lifelong relationship with that person. Um, you know, from there on. So it's very easy. Um, you just pick a property uh, that you want to call around. And to me, when agents are trying to figure out what type of properties they want to sell, there's a thing I like to call the sweet spot. And the sweet spot in the market is, it's the best price range with the highest turnover. Every market's different. So you want to find properties that are selling and, and you know the best turnover for the highest price. You want to find the best balance between those two. Um, in my market, it's Gulffront condos. You know they turn over about once every three years on average. You know that my average sales price is three twenty-five this year. So I'm at three twenty-five, selling on an average of three years turnover. You know that's the best in my market. But every agent has to look at their market, study their MLS, go years back in their MLS and the closed sales and determine where's the best bang for my buck. Where can I spend the best time? What, what is the most efficient for me um, to spend my time on? You don't want to go million dollar properties if they're only turning over once every eight years. You know, you don't want to, everybody says, well, I'm going to go after million dollar properties. Well, what if they're only turning over every eight years, but in your market you have two to four hundred thousand dollar homes that are turning over you know once every four years you want to be the best balance between turnover and price oh thanks for that ricky um you know what you know obviously the mail right shows educational show for the real estate agent and the industry and i'm always fascinated in really getting down to the nitty-gritty of the philosophy of the agent if we have an agent on the show a successful agent because um, there's many ways to get to success but i think what you've outlined is a very coherent strategy that you've looked at the market looked at especially that last bit and the philosophy about why you're calling people to start that initial re relationship what i love about your philosophy ricky is that I think a lot, I just want to see if you agree with this, is a lot of agents, they think they're just going to ring people up and they're just going to get deals. Um, right. Where you, your philosophy is to kind of build a relationship with those people and mm -hmm. it's going to take time. But as yeah. long as you keep in front of those people and it's obviously your high producer, you, you're going to get a lot of those people become clients. Would you agree what I've just outlined? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, in my mind, here's why I'm different. I don't do expired for sale by owners or internet leads, okay? And I don't go after deals. I don't care about the deal. The deal is a byproduct of me doing my job to create relationships. Um, you know, a lot of agents, they hear my philosophy and they say, well, that's great, Ricky, to start a relationship so that you can do a deal in five years. But what about now? I have to eat. I have to pay bills. I have rent. Here's the thing. My philosophy is based on hard work and working 14 hours a day. If you do what I tell you to do and make the 50 or 100 calls a day or whatever it is, there's less than 1% of people that you talk to that will do a deal today. 
So if you're doing what you're supposed to do with calling the amount of people that you're supposed to call and working as hard as you're supposed to uh, work, then you're going to run into deals for today while you're building your business for the future. You know, and here's where the magic happens with what I do. Less than 1% of, of people you contact will do a deal today, but the magic happens with that other 40% of people who like you enough to do a deal, but they just aren't ready today to do a deal. And they don't have a relationship with another agent in place. That is where the magic happens when you have a system in place where you can retain that 40% of people who like you and want to do a deal with you, they're just not ready. If you can create a system that incubates those relationships for when they are ready, um, that's where you win. So a lot of agents just uh, live off that less than 1% um, forever and they may do okay, but where I'm gonna cross a million dollars this year is because for years, I'm capitalizing on the 40% of people I talk to that like me enough to do a deal. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic outline. We're going to go for our break, folks. And when we come back, we're going to be discussing Ricky some more of his tactics and what he's learned. And also, he's um, in the midst of um, developing another book. And we're going to be discussing that as well. We'll be back in a minute, folks. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back. I'm coping, aren't I, folks? I'm missing my co-host, Thomas. He's sunning himself. He's at a Buffini conference, learning some more. So when he comes back, he'll probably tell us about his adventures. But on the other hand, we've got the great Ricky here. And I think we'll be learning a lot here. Ricky's been quite open about his processes. And I've learned a little bit. Um, so on about this new book, Ricky, uh, what's this going to be about and what, why another book, Ricky? Okay. Um, first off, I want to, um, say a couple other little marketing things real quick that I'm doing. That's really cool. I actually started documenting, um, doing like a vlog where I document my days and I show an inside look at my daily, uh, you know, how, what, what goes on in a day of my life. Um, that can be found on my YouTube channel, YouTube backslash Ricky Carruth. It's called The Daily Grind. We're on episode five right now. We're editing six and seven, and it is really, really good. I have an incredible videographer and editor, um, and it shows a back, you know, inside, in, behind the scenes of what I got going on, um, phone calls and appointments and just everything that I do during the day. So that's really cool. I also, every week, do a Q&A for agents. It's called Ask Ricky Live. And that's on my Facebook group, uh, facebook.com backslash groups backslash diamond agents. You can join that and I go live every Thursday and do a Q&A with agents all over the world. Um, but this second book, also zerodiamond.com, you know, that's where you can buy all my books and, and sign up for all my stuff. But my second book is called List to Last. Um, and that's a cliche phrase in the industry, List to Last. I heard that from my first broker. Um, it's, it's called List to Last, How to Survive Every Real Estate Market Crash. 
And it's on Kindle right this second, and we're getting the we're tweaking the paperback right now so it can go live paperback, and then I'll start doing the audio version of it. Um, but basically, it, it it teaches you when a real estate market crashes what to do and what's going on and how you see when a real estate crash happens, most of the agents leave the business because they don't know they don't understand they just have fear and there's less transactions and they don't know what's going on. And that's what happened to me the first crash. So what I did in the second book is I took all the lessons I learned in the first crash and I applied them to the second book. Um, and then past knowing how to actually survive a market crash, I went really deep with the mindset of a listing agent and what it actually takes to be a listing agent and the kind of decisions you need to make on a, on a daily basis regarding buyers and your time and all that good stuff. Um, you know, if you look at any market, the top agents are mostly listing agents. 80% of their deals come from listings, 20% from buyers. But, you know, a listing agent didn't wake up one morning and say, I want to be a listing agent. You know, the fact is listing agents are actually just top producers who understand that listings multiply their time. You have to get really good at knowing what multiplies your time and what can spread you out amongst a lot of deals at once if you want to really succeed at a really high level. And that's the opportunity that listings give you. So that's basically in a nutshell what it's about and why I did it. Um, I feel like crashes will always happen regardless of what's going on. I don't want a crash to happen, but I'll be, I, I'm 100% I'm prepared and I'll, I'll do better in a crash because agents will leave the business and they'll leave more market share for me. And then when the market returns, I'm going to maintain that same percentage of market share. Um, it's really kind of like a, you know, a field of dreams thing. Like it, it, when a market crashes, the business is there for the taking. So I just want to make agents aware of this. It's just, it's just another avenue for me to make agents aware that market crash is not bad. It's mother nature. It's going to happen. And this is what you need to do to prepare for it. And this is what you need to do to survive it and actually thrive through it and uh, even be that much better of an agent, a better uh, position in the market when the market returns from a crash. I want to ask you a little bit about key phrase you said um, just now because um, obviously we have agent well people thinking of becoming agents and uh, n new agents you said I think it was um, sell, sales seller seller property is a multiplier um, it multiplies can you go into a little bit more about why that is and what is the multiplier you mean as far as what I said about listings, multiplying your time? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's like this. Um, when you get a listing, every agent in your market is trying to sell it for you while you go get more listings. Okay. So um, with that being said, if, if you're a, mostly a buyer's agent and you're running around with all these buyers, that's fine. Okay. You can make money that way, but you can't really multiply your time as well. It's not as efficient. Um, if you're if you're a, mostly a buyer's agent, you're if you're a listing agent, which like I said, listing agents are actually top producers. If you're a listing agent, you know the market is working for you because it's trying to help you sell your properties 
while you go get more listings. If you're a buyer's agent, you are working for the market. So do you want to work for the market or do you want the market to work for you? So as far as multiplying time, you know, listings, when you sign a listing, that seller will sell at any moment with the right offer. Okay. So if you can, if you can get listing after listing after listing and create a nice inventory of listings, which you can when you're getting listings, because like I said, you get the listing, everybody else tries to sell it for you while you get more listings. But if you're working buyers, um, you know, you, you have this, you have this group of buyers that may or may not buy anything. Of course, you may, you're not going to sell every listing. Uh, you know, it's just it's just more efficient. It's yeah. much more efficient to have market properties being marketed for any buyer in the market to buy at any moment. You make money than to work buyers um, because buyers will run you all over town. That's okay. You know, I love buyers. Um, Twenty percent of my business is buyers. I take I take probably ninety percent of the buyers that come to me. I take them. Uh, yes, here, here's the thing. When you primarily work with property owners and you don't advertise for buyers through internet or Facebook and, and all these other places, I don't get a whole lot of buyers. Um, I just don't get a whole lot of them and most of them are owners who want to buy, who I'm happy to work with, or referrals that want to buy, who I'm happy to work with. Um, so. Um, I love buyers. I'm going to work with just about every buyer that I come in contact with because most of the time they're not BS. They're actually real legitimate buyers. They're not somebody off the street um, or on internet lead that won't call me back or whatever the case may be. So if you structure your business right and focus on the right things, go after listings, you know, you're shaking the bushes for a listing and then boom, a buyer falls out. Great. You know, so that's kind of how I approach the business in, in, in that respect. Do you, um, thank you for that, because um, there's a lot of terminology utilised in the industry and when um, a term is used, I, I like to uh, point it out and go down a, a little bit more depth about what it really means. And that was a fantastic explanation of that term, Ricky. Thank you for that. Are you still doing open houses? Uh, and also, if you are... Have you, have you got a mythology about setting them up? What was that? Do you still do open houses? Uh, I do open houses for the, just, just for if the seller, if I need to do it to impress the seller or show the seller how hard I'm working and stuff like that, then I'll do one. I've done maybe two open houses this year. I'm not, a, I'm not an open house guy. I've never been one. Um, I also do not sit duty in my office. I've never done that. Right. Um, I just don't do those kind of things. I'm focused on building my database and relationships with my clients and I don't need anything to get in the way of that. Now, as far as open houses go, I do those for the sellers, you know, so the seller knows that I care about them and I'm working hard. So there again, even when I do the open house, it's actually reverting back to building that relationship with the seller. It, it's a relationship. Everything I do is based around, is this going to deepen my relationship with this person? So the open house is for me is not designed to find buyers necessarily. I'll do ads for the open house. I try to get buyers there. I'll try to get uh, uh, agents there. Um, I try to make it as big as I can make it. And I always have successful open houses and stuff. But um, to me, I'm more focused on other things. Um, 
you know, as far as building relationships with more property owners and maintaining the ones that I have. Um, but there again, guys, I, I'm in a market where mostly second homes. Okay, so 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 here so here's the thing too. A lot of my owners are not in town; they're from somewhere else. Okay, so here's what I have to say about it. Because a lot of people, not a lot, every once in a while, somebody will come to me and say, "Well, you're in that second home market. How is that? Is that going to work in a in a primary home market?" Well, here's the thing. I will. This business is all about, and all business and life in general is all about how you adapt to the situations. You have to be quick at learning what's what to do, what not to do, and adapt your business. And the world's changing dramatically every day. So if I'm in a market that open houses are the thing, that's that's what's happening. That that's what I need to be doing to be the number one agent. I'll be an open house master. If I need to be an expired listing master, which I am, by the way, I just don't do it because it's not the most efficient thing. I'll be a, I'll be an expired listing master. That's all I'll do. Whatever the most efficient thing is, is where I'll be. Um, so, you know, I just want to throw that out there. I'm in a second home market. And that may be why I don't do as many open houses as other people that are in more primary home markets. But if I was in your market and that was the thing to do, I would be all over it. So, Oh, and I think the other thing, I think if you're starting out um, doing open houses um, is a great way of getting you exposure in a local area and also building some goodwill with some experienced agents that might give you some mentoring, um, some advice. Um, it, I think it's probably more suitable for uh agent that's beginning their career, but like you say, I think you put that really fantastic that you've got to be prepared to adapt. And a lot of agents, and we're all the same, aren't we, Ricky? Um, we can get a bit set in our ways, can't we? No, no, no. Everything's changing all the time. You can't sit back as a, a bookstore owner and let Amazon take you out and then say, oh, it's the end of the world. You have to adapt. You have to, you have to figure out what works and, and go with the flow. Um, speaking of new agents and open houses being good for new agents and stuff, I think as a new agent, you need to try every single thing you can try, do everything you can do to make any kind of deal happen. You're trying to survive in this business. 80% of people don't make it that try this business and you, you, you're trying to defy gravity, um, just to succeed. Like you're, you're the numbers, the statistics are against you to succeed. Um, you, you need to try every little thing. You need to be working seven days a week, 15 hours a day. You know, everything that you have needs to be committed into trying to make this business work. So do open houses every day while you're making phone calls at the open house. Um, you know, stuff of that nature. That, that's one thing I did in the beginning when I had open houses. I would make my calls from the open house and I would be killing two birds with one stone. I'm sitting here at open house waiting on buyers and realtors to show up and I'm call, trying to call people to um, build my business and, and grow my database. So. At all the new agents out there, try everything you can, but figure out as fast as you can what works the best and what doesn't, and then start doubling down on your time in those areas. Yeah, I think I think that's fantastic, Ricky. But I also think the reason why the figures are so horrendous, this 80 to, 80 to 20% that we've mentioned a couple of times, is that many new agents, they have no roadmap. They have, which you have to adapt to the local conditions, but you need a plan and you, uh, you need a plan and adapt that plan if certain parts aren't working, but you need a plan 
and a lot of people enter the industry and they have no plan would you agree with that oh absolutely the thing is that like i said from the beginning there's so much garbage out there pulling you every different direction there's so many distractions in this business today um you have to figure out how to weed through all that stuff um and a lot of agents you know i'm coaching a lot of agents right now um in my group and most of them when they first come to me the the number one thing i hear is, is they don't have any direction they don't know which way to go they're getting they just they're getting told by this person that this works and this person that that works and then they try everything and nothing works and they can't stay consistent on anything because you know they're they're, they're getting pulled from so many different directions and they're just lost so um you know i mean if i have um an incredible 90-day action plan i have a 30-day jumpstart program um at zero to diamond.com you can go there it's uh it's very cheap 47 dollars a month but it, it it is it's exactly how i built my business um you know it, it's just you, you people that come into the business um you know i feel very bad for them because you know when i started real estate there was no facebook zillow um there was not not all this stuff was not around there was no phone dialing systems there was nothing I had to do everything the old-fashioned way in 2002. There was really nothing going on at that time. And I feel super fortunate because if I would have started the business now with all the distractions going on, I don't know where I would be, to tell you the truth. But on top of the fact that I feel fortunate enough to have started before the wave of technology hit real estate and had to build my business the old-fashioned way, now that's a really big business, I know how to build a business the old-fashioned way now I can use technology to pump, it's like pumping steroids into my business that's already very big. And that, that I mean, this year in January was the first real time that I started using social media in my business. Oh. And, and since then, and, and in, my, in, in social media, it's all being an information provider. I'm not asking for business in my social media posts. I'm, I'm posting videos of the beach, I'm saying, here's my listing. I'm doing this. I'm cool pictures. Uh, I'm sharing stuff, and I boosted to my clients, and I've gotten a lot of business. I want to say maybe five or six deals this year off of it. Um, so I can see the huge benefit in it, um, and it's really helped me with name brand. I think I think social media is a really good name brand, uh, a brand builder. Um, so. Uh, I just feel very fortunate to have got in the business when I did, when technology basically was not non-existent in real estate, to go through the crash at, at an early age in my mid-20s and learn everything I learned there, turn around, start a relationship business, and then add technology to it You know, earlier this year. I just feel super, super fortunate to be where I'm at. And I live on the beach. I live on some of the most beautiful beaches in, in the world down here. Look us up, uh, Google Orange Beach, Alabama, and look at the pictures. It, it is an amazing place. Oh, thanks for that, Ricky. Um, and I, my philosophy, obviously, I, I'm the head of a software company that provides technology to the real estate agent in getting more leads. But I totally agree with you. It's the combination of understanding that this is a relationship business at its core and utilizing technology to build those relationships. Um, if, if something doesn't help you do that, 
um, you're, you're spending your time in the wrong place because you should be building relationships. Now, I think it's been a great discussion. Before we wrap up things, Ricky, is there um, a question that I haven't asked you that you think we should um, finish off with? Uh, not really. I'll just, I'll just say that um, I think that um, some of the most important things that I've learned um, is, I mean, of course, you got a list of laps. You should be listing, listing agent-oriented. Um, I think that, um, you know, when somebody tells you no, when a prospect tells you no, it doesn't mean no. It just means not right now, you know. Actually, when they say no, it actually means no, not right now, but thanks for asking. Please stay in touch with me. We'll do a deal later. Um, and that's the way you need to treat everybody that tells you no. That's the way you need to treat it. You need to treat it like it's a future deal. Find out if they already have a relationship in place with another agent and then ask if you can stay in touch. It's really that simple. And when you build your database that way, it turns into a situation where people come back to you when they get ready. And a lot of my philosophies and ideas are based around being super low pressure and letting the, letting the client or the customer kind of take the, you know, you give them all the information and then let them make the decision whether they want to do a deal or not. It's really funny to me how there's so many programs out there that, that, um, that are objection handling based um, where when somebody tells you no, then you're trying to, you know, combat it. Uh, you know, I don't agree with that. I think that, you know, Hey, they just told you no. Okay. They're in the story list, list, Let's do what we can to maintain the relationship for the future um, for when they are ready to do a deal. And if they never do a deal, who cares? Because you're going to do your job to talk to enough people where you don't care if that person actually does a deal or not, as long as you know they're taken care of. It's not like you don't care about them or care that they do a deal or not. You actually care about them, but you just want it to be a situation where you've done what you need to do to put yourself in a spot to have enough relationships in place um, to really be big and you're not worried about the deals. You're more worried about the people. So I think um, working hard, you know, um, like I said, I've worked 14 hours a day. I still work 14 hours a day. When I hit number one in the state um, back in 2014, I've worked even harder since then to stay there. Um, it never ends. You have to love the grind, the process, work. You have to love what you do. And um, I just think that's the main thing is life's already hard enough. Um, if you don't love what you do, it's really not going to work. So I think what you just said is just fantastic because I totally agree with you, Ricky. A lot of these courses about overcoming objections. Now, nah, uh, it's just you're just calling the, the person's not in the market. You're not you're not approaching them at the right moment but if you keep in touch with them and you show your professionalism they will they will they will, they will probably become your clients it's, it's really yeah. that's easy so ricky i've really 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 enjoyed this conversation i think you've talked a lot of common sense so how can people get hold of you now you said that you've um put some um websites out but please say them again uh, about how people can um, learn a bit more about you and your philosophy. Okay, guys. Yeah, you can go to zero to diamond.com. Um, that's the name of my first book. I actually got the domain name. 
And you can go there and contact me. You can set up a free coaching call. You can buy my book. You can listen to my podcast. You can join the Facebook group, watch the live, uh, Ask Ricky Live. You can YouTube. You can watch my, day, uh, my The Daily Grind Show, um, which is, like I say, an inside look at my life. We do two episodes a week. Um, I'm on Instagram, Ricky Carruth, Snapchat, Ricky Carruth, uh, Facebook, Ricky Carruth. I'm everywhere. So just Google me, Facebook, Snapchat. Instagram, zerodiamond.com, um, rickycaruthrealestate.com is my uh, uh, real estate website. So if you guys want to check out my um, really boss, I have I have an amazing real estate website, rickycaruthrealestate.com. Um, you guys should really take a look at that website. And if you, I, the guy that built it for me, if you guys are interested, just let me know. Just give me a shout. And also, I want you guys to know that that I'm super easy to approach and ask questions to. If there's ever anything I can do for you, just reach out to me, man. I'll, I'll get back to you in a matter of minutes and help you with whatever problem that you have. If you want to role play for a second, we'll role play. If you want to just tell me what you got going on and see what kind of advice I would give you, that's fine too. So um, I really appreciate you bringing me on and letting me um, you know, say all this stuff. And uh, I hope it really helps somebody. So I think it's been very insightful, actually, and I, I, I think your advice is totally based on your own personal experience. And I can tell folks that Ricky isn't, um, he's really talking from the heart, and his figures prove that what he uses works. So you can't ask much more from a guest. How to get hold of me, folks? I'm a bit like Ricky, it's pretty easy. You can go to the Mel Wright website. We're updating it in the next um, few days. We've got some new um, marketing technology to help real estate agents. So I would say go over there. You'll be able to see all our episodes, video and show notes on the website. You can get hold of me really easily on Twitter. Go to um, at Mel underscore right. And if you've got any questions, you can go to the Facebook page or you can email me at and that's jonathan at mel-right.com. And if you've got any questions, I will get back to you and we can have a chat. Ricky, thank you so much for coming to the show. I've really enjoyed it. I think we've covered a lot of stuff and I think it's going to be really useful to a lot of agents. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. That's great. And we'll see you next week. My co-host will be returning from his Buffini boot camp. He'll be all loved up. I'm sure he will be. He might even be nice to me, folks. You never know. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.